Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin. Hello and welcome to this week's The Thriving Solopreneur. This is Janine Bolin, and with me today I have Kimberly Whitecamp, who happens to be a remarkable young woman who does not only marketing strategy, but she is a conversion copywriter and, oh yes, happens to be a podcaster as well. She's based in my home state, St. Louis, Missouri, for those of us who were raised below I-70. If you're in St. Louis, Kansas City, and above I-70, you say Missouri, but as we all know, it's really pronounced for Missouri. <laughs> Kimberly will be happy to join me in that argument later. Anyway, she happens to serve an international clientele. And one of the neat things about Kimberly that you should know for your business is that she developed the audience conversion method. This helps coaches and consultants convert their audience from strangers to loyal fans. Now, you hear that a lot with marketing people, but Kimberly actually does this, okay? I can definitely testify to her work. She brings this work to an international audience with her company, The Audience Converter, and as the host of the podcast, Audience Converter Podcast, for community leaders. Also, she has some of this alphabet soup stuff behind her name, and I think it's important that you know she is an AWAI. Now, what is that? The American Writers and Artists Inc. have verified her as a direct responses copywriter. Now, how many people can actually say that with their alphabet soup? Not too many. Kimberly works with her clients to attract, build, and grow an engaged audience and community to create long-term customers. She's speaking my language right there. If you are a business owner and you're a, consul a consultant or a coach, you definitely want long-term customers. She specializes in emails, landing pages, and sales pages that convert. She has helped people increase their open rate up to 80%. She helps them hit their first ever six-figure launches, double conversions on their landing pages. She loves talking marketing, travel, and all things sci-fi. Thank goodness we get along so well. When she's not working with her client, she loves to travel and go dancing. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Wow, Janine, thank you so much for having me and for the warm introduction and welcome. And yes, we can have that argument about the correct, correct pronunciation of the state of Missouri. And that's one of those things that unless you live the state, you don't quite know that there is, this is why we're a neutral state. Yes, there are situations that go back in our history, but also the pronunciation of the silly state is done differently, <laughs> north and south. It's crazy, but there you go. Anyway, so welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show. And what I'd love to talk about 
is, of course, what you specialize in, and that is email. There is so much garbage that is being posted on the Internet by people who are making these broad statements, and it's not based in fact. It's not based on statistical evidence that I even have with my small uh, – I only have about 2,000 people on my list. Um, but even on my small list, I'm like, what are they talking about? So they're like, well, email marketing really isn't that important. So let's just start with that question first about talk to us a little bit about how email marketing yes is very important yeah oh my goodness email marketing not that important uh you know at the end of the day here's the big lesson to know about email marketing i don't care if you're talking about a podcast if you're talking about blogging if you're talking about social media if you use any of those other means to keep in touch with your people guess what most of them if they want to like have an account on any of those things, they need something first. And that's an email address. So people are still actively using their email addresses. There's this this idea, and I hear this all the time, right? No one opens email anymore. I don't want to read emails anymore. Uh, Then you have the studies where it's like, yeah, Americans check their phone like 23 times a day to check their inbox. Uh, So clearly people still... uh, you know, check their inbox. They still look at their email. The problem is, is what are you sending in your email? If you're not sending anything great, if you don't stand out in an inbox, then maybe it's not working as well for you as it could be. But email marketing is the only mass marketing channel in which you can communicate with lots of people at once, but in a way that they perceive to be one-on-one. Okay. You can send, I don't care if you have 10, a hundred, a thousand people, 10,000 people on your email address. When you send a message to everyone on your list, each of those people, those individuals reads it by themselves. It's a one-to-one conversation that you're having with people. And if you use email marketing, right, it's a great way for you to have personalized communications with your audience. And I don't know about other people, but as an author, I mean, I know how important my readership is. And so thankfully, my people read, right? I know this about them. (laughs) I know this about them. So when I had this other individual walk up to me and go, well, basically, and this was at a conference three years ago, okay, at a conference three years ago, comes up to me and say, you know, basically, email marketing is dead. And there was a group of us standing around just turned and looked at this individual and said, with the incredulous look on our faces of you're kidding me, right? So the quick answer is no, email marketing is not dead, but I would love to hear your perspective on how it is not a dead, you know, area. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I have been a copywriter and a marketing strategist for over five years now. And uh, since the moment I started, I was hearing things online, seeing things online. Email marketing is dead. Email marketing is dead. Guess what? I've been seeing the same message for about five years now. Uh, And people are still using marketing uh, and they're still using email, right? They're still using email. And the reason for that is because email has longevity. And email, uh, as I said, it's a one-to-one conversation. Just think about that. If you post, okay, somewhere on social, I don't care where, pick your channel, doesn't matter. If you post on social, you don't get to decide who actually sees it. I don't care if people follow you or don't follow you. Your organic reach is probably about 1% or something. You don't get to control if people actually see that messaging. And if they do see it, you certainly don't get control who of your people sees that messaging. Email is a completely different animal, right? Email, if I send it to somebody, I know it's going to arrive there. Okay. I get to decide who, who sees it. And on that same note, 
because I get to decide who sees it. If I've got a list and I have done my due diligence and I'm using my email list the right way, I can send very highly personalized messages. So, you know, I've got a friend, she's got an awesome uh, course, a challenge going on right now. So I only sent the message about this challenge to people who had told me they were interested in the content, that they were interested in the topic. Guess what? That open rate through the roof, that click-through rate and conversion rate also through the roof because I knew that the message I was sending was relevant. So with email marketing, it's not dead. It's something all of us still constantly check, right? I, I can't fathom the idea that uh, email marketing is dead when we have all of these things about how to reach inbox zero. So clearly, if we're if we're looking to reach inbox zero, that means people are still checking their emails. They're still interacting with their emails. They want to uh, get the most from their inbox. So I don't know about you. I check my email. I need to get better at this, but I check my email at least five or six times a day, right? And you do the stars, you open it, you're like, okay, I'm going to mark it later. Or you put it into your own folder, uh, but people still check their inboxes and it is the best way for you to guarantee to get your message in front of people, especially when you have something time sensitive, right? If you've got a launch going on, if you've got uh, an opening happening, if you're about to, uh, if you're asking for feedback from people, if you send out a message, that is very time sensitive. The chances of them reading that within a couple of days is pretty high if you're using your email properly. Whereas if I post something, and, I, and this is something that's really started to bother me about social, I'm not gonna name the channel, but there's a particular channel. Uh, the algorithm is, is weird now, okay? I get stuff from groups that are specific days, right? This is Thursday throwback, or it's a uh, Wednesday wisdom, or it's uh, you know Monday's the day to share your promotions. And I get those things two to three days after the day of the week that I was supposed to see it. And then I can't comment on it. I can't use it. I can't actually interact with that because it's the wrong day of the week. So if you send something though on a Monday, you know, guess what? It's going to end up in their inbox on Monday. <laughs> now, whether or not they read it on Monday, you can't control, but you do know it's going to show up and they're going to see it. It's going to be there for them to be seen. Thank you so much for mentioning that part because I've noticed, noticed that on a t specific channel that remain nameless that right? I'm, on a, I'm on a day of the week and I am on these groups. These groups are my people, right? Yes. And so I'm sitting there. And so I thought it was just me. Thank you. No. Nice to know I'm not. Not just you. <laughs> Shout out to everybody. Public service announcement. <laughs> Uh, you have to apparently go check all 65,000 groups that you're a part of like every single day to actually see what's going on. Oh my gosh. Like we have that kind of time. So right? okay, speaking of time, <laughs> let us talk about this wonderful aspect called a welcome series. Now, mm. some people know about it. Some people don't go ahead. Give us your definition. What is a welcome series? Yeah. So a welcome series is a part of email marketing. And I personally feel it's, it's one of the most important parts. So uh, one of the most common questions I get from people is, well, you know, uh, how can I increase my open rate or how do I, how do I up that open rate or, you know, how to my favorite, what's a good subject line look like, which is one of the most subjective things in the world. Okay. Because it depends on your audience. It depends on what you're selling. It depends on time sensitivity. There's so many different things. The most important part of your email is the from line. And that means people recognize your name in their inbox. How do you become a recognized name in their inbox? You build a relationship with them and you do it fast. And that's where a welcome series comes in. Some people call it an indoctrination series. I hate that phrase. Uh, it's not propaganda. 
Some people call it a welcome series. Some people call it an enrollment or an onboarding sequence. There's all kinds of phrases for it. There's all kinds of terms for it. But basically, it is a curated and customized set of emails that get sent out to every single new subscriber who joins your list. So this happens after they request access, right? If they ask for a gift, if they ask for a video, however it is. As soon as they get that, as soon as you deliver on what you promise them, then you put them into this welcome series. And a welcome series builds the no like, and trust factor fast. And there's a couple of reasons for this and why it works. But number one is think about the last time you experienced a brand new email list as a new subscriber, right? A lot of us are getting leads. We're getting new people into our world from like giveaways or summits or, you know, these mass events where lots of people are talking and sharing. So think about that. 20 people just got this one person on their list. Do you think they're going to remember who all these 20 people are? No. Also, the only thing they know about you, you're a stranger to them. The only thing they know is why they opted in. Okay. You had a guide on the top seven foods to avoid uh, if you want lighter hair or something like that. Right. Okay. (laughs) The reason why you opted it is the only thing they know about you. So this is your opportunity to start the conversation. I view email marketing as a conversation tool. You are having conversations with your audience with email marketing. So it's a way for you to start the conversation and let them know who you are, what you do, how you can help them, give them resources and address their top concerns and build that relationship fast. The emails, the the welcome series is usually about five to seven emails, goes out over a couple of weeks. And then suddenly people aren't strangers, right? They know who you are. They know who is showing up in their inbox. They're not getting onto your list. And then the next message they receive from you is your next broadcast, which might be, hey, cart closing, just four hours left, which creates a really weird and awkward situation. So a welcome series kind of builds the relationship with your brand new subscribers first before dropping them into whatever promotion that you're using. And it also lets them know more about you and why they want to hear from you before you start sending them uh, the generic value add emails. And that was something that it definitely took me some time to learn. And once I learned it, (laughs) once I learned it, it was, it became, it was super easy. The thing is, is we make things really difficult. Uh, One of the, we we hear this word a lot, you know, people want authentic relationships. They want transparency. They want these sorts of things. And I have always found that to be disturbing when I hear it from the people who I've been on their subscribers. I'm I'm a subscriber on their open sequence. And I'm like, you're anything, but you know, Mm -hmm. you're not really sharing what you are. Now it depends on the industry. Like if you're into debt-free living or something like that, and you're dealing with money, it takes time to build that trust factor with people Mm -hmm. because they have had so many situations regarding that. However, it's so much easier if you're into sports or something like that. So one of the things that, that I like to share with people is don't make it difficult, make it super easy, make it simple. But at the same time, definitely, you know, take a picture with your dogs, let them see what part of your life is like. It's not going to kill you to do stuff like that. But uh, what I really wanted to hear from you was what are some of the common mistakes that people make in regards to these welcome series? I mean, you see it over and over when people hire you, you look at their welcome series and, you know, you've, I'm sure you have to cringe. I'm sure there's cringe factor involved with this. So tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So the number one mistake I see with the welcome series is that people don't have one. Um, I am floored at the number of people I I work with who, um, you know, they've been in business a long time. 
they have, they really have. And it's like a brand new concept to them. They're like, wait a minute. Yeah, I should probably like introduce myself before walking up to strangers and saying, hey, buy my stuff because it's amazing. And by the way, do you have enough Tupperware? Like uh, it's, it's, a, it's a concept that makes a lot of sense, but something not people think about. Um, or they they had the best of intentions they were going to do one, they were going to create one, and then they just kind of forgot about it or didn't have the time to sit down and create one. So number one is have a welcome series. I know that's kind of obvious, but, you know, have one uh, because it's a great way for you to increase your open rate for the lifetime value of your customers. Um, and, you know, if people aren't opening your stuff, there's no way they can know about all the amazing things that you're doing in the world uh, if they're not actually seeing your message. So number one is have a welcome series. Number two is people don't have a plan. I, I notice this a lot. People are like, yeah, I'm going to use a welcome series and then I'll ask them a question. Uh, this happens a lot when I get hired for them. I'll ask my clients, you know, uh, what's your goal with your welcome series? What's your goal? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I need to have one. <laughs> so uh, having a clear and defined success metric that has nothing to do with what I call vanity metrics. So vanity metrics are the things everyone usually focuses on, like what's your open rate? How many subscribers do you have? What's your click rate? And it doesn't focus on what is the important thing, which is your conversion, okay? It doesn't matter if 85% of people are opening your message if they're not taking action, right? If they're not taking that next step. So have a clear idea. At the end of your welcome series, what do you want people ready to do? Some ideas for that are, well, I want them ready to join my free group. Or I want them ready to invest in one of my low ticket courses, or I want them ready to get on the phone with me to talk about their personal situation to see if we're a great fit to work one on one, or I want people ready to, you know, do something right. What is it that you think people need to be ready for at the end of that sequence and then plan for it. You know, step number three is to plan for it. Have that step-by-step -step process in place. Where are they coming in from and what are you leading them to? Um, and often uh, I'll say this for the last mistake I see a lot is people uh, forget that they know a lot of stuff about their, their zone of genius. And the people who are just joining their list are strangers. They're brand new to that world for the most part. So when you start using all of these terms and phrases that they don't know, uh, you're losing people and you're turning people off from wanting to open your messages. And they're like, I need a dictionary to understand what's going on here. Uh, so, you know, introduce any new concepts, introduce any new language. And that's actually a really good goal for you to have as the end of your welcome series is that you want people on your list and in your community to start using the language that you use in your world because it includes them, right? It brings them closer to being an active member of your community. But in order to do that, you have to introduce the concepts and explain to people what they mean. I love what you talk about as far as vanity metrics, because I had a welcome series that I thought was an abject failure, mainly because people were not getting the free book that I offered. I had a, a second place I had to go. This is back in the dark ages of 2015. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> marketing so dark ages oh my <laughs> so dark ages but it was it was a failure and so i people were astounded though because they were like janine you have a open rate of 60 some odd percent and i'm like but the, i'm not getting traction i am not getting my people to stay with me long enough so and that was back in the day of the 10 email open series that they were <laughs> projecting that i don't use anymore but uh now i have it's a much faster rate that you can set that up.
The other thing that I wanted to get your advice on is a lot of people have these challenges and that is something that you can actually use as a welcome series, if you will, is setting up a challenge. Uh, a lady I just uh, happened to stumble across when it comes to debt-free living and clutter-free zones, it's amazing Ooh. how the clutter, clutter-free and debt-free kind of walks hand in hand. It's fascinating. And anyway, he, what was amazing to me was this woman has a 30 a day challenge of decluttering your house. And so when you sign up to get on her whole welcome series is that challenge. So that's another thing I like to recommend to people is if you have a challenge of some kind, use that as a welcome series to help people get in with that lingo. So those are some of the mistakes. Number one, people don't have a welcome series. Oh my gosh. So take your challenge, whatever your challenge is, use that as your welcome series until you can figure out a more appropriate one. And I highly recommend you Baby, start baby, start checking in on Kimberly's newsletter. She gives you some pointers. The other one is um, tracking that whole email conversion. Now, I know how I do it as an author and business owner, but what do you recommend for your clients who are like, this is a all, whole new world? How do you go about tracking that conversion? Yeah, so, you know, step number one is to know what conversion you're looking for. Uh, I see all the time, as I mentioned, that people are worried about you know, what's the click? What's the open? What's the number of new subscribers? But what does a conversion look like for you? What does a success metric look like for you? And what I really want to emphasize for people is that it's your business, your business, nobody else's. It's your business. You get to decide what success looks like. So stop comparing yourself to others. Don't turn to like the most successful person you know in your space who's been around for 15 years and has, a, has an audience of a million people and be like, I want theirs. No, I want you to decide for yourself. Uh, you know, can you handle 15 new clients a month? Do you want 15 new clients a month? Do you want three new clients a month, right? And what are the steps that people need to take to, to reach that point? So number one is to define your success metric so that you can actually track it. And then number two is to track it. So when I say track it, I mean, you know, once a week, once a month, depending on what the metric you've chosen is. Like, for example, I know some people who are like, yeah, you know, I want at least one new person in my community a week just to, I don't have to do anything. They get on my list and then they're ready to join. And uh, one of the, one of my clients I'm working with, she's actually doubled that. She's doing two to three now uh, a week. And before she wasn't getting anyone in for like four months at a time. So she's really happy with that metric. So as often as your metric is, check in that often. So if you've decided I want X uh, once a week or I want X once a month, then once a month check. Okay, did I get five new sales this month for my course? Did I book three new calls this month for a discovery call from people who have recently joined my list, right? So have an idea and then set aside a time to actually check on it. It's really easy for us to like forget about it, for us to push our own marketing or anything that has to do with running the business. Yeah, you know, I got clients to deal with first. I'll, 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 I'll handle them, I'll take care of them, and then eventually I'll take care of myself, which is the completely wrong approach to take in business, okay? So when you have decided, okay, my let's do once a month, right? That's an easy one. Whatever once a month, you want three new calls booked once a month. Um, and then, you know, once you get those new calls booked, you can go back and look at your calendar, what have you, but have a set date with yourself once a month to check your numbers. And then uh, don't let anything else intrude on that. 
<laughs> don't, don't let anything else intrude on that. There's that and there's, and don't get distracted. That's my challenge, yes. right? Put it in your calendar, Janine, and pay attention to it. <laughs> so, so if you don't mind, Kimberly, talk to us a little bit about what is this audience conversion method? Describe that a bit to us. Absolutely. So it's a framework I talk to people about to plan out their marketing strategy. Initially, it's to plan out their next 12 months, but they can use it to plan out and essentially your entire framework for all of the marketing that you're going to need to uh, continuously get in front of your people. Um, so one of the things I've noticed right in the world of marketing is people focus on two things, but they don't focus on the whole process. So they either focus on, well, I need more people. I need more leads. I need more leads. I need more leads. Or they focus on, well, how do I get people to say yes once they're already on the list? But they don't have anything in between. So <laughs> it's really unlikely that anyone is going to join your list and immediately be ready to give you $15,000. Okay. So, you know, people I work with, they've got high ticket coaching programs and they're like, yeah, you know, they're going to, they're going to get a free gift from me and they're going to be ready to sign up for that year long program immediately. The reality <laughs> of that happening is um, very small. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so infinitesimal. You may not even be able to measure it with math. Okay. Uh, so uh, there's a popular statistic in, in the world of business, which is that at any one point, about 3% of your audience is ready to buy. Now that does not mean 3% of the world. It means 3% of the exact ideal people that can work with you are ready to hit buy, are ready, and they're looking for that, yes, okay, uh, just give me your offer, and I'm going to say yes or no. Okay, that's 97% of people who are not ready to buy yet. So uh, with the audience conversion method, we give you a process and a framework to plan out your marketing to guide them from that 97% to the 3%. So there's five parts to the audience conversion method, and that's um, audience, ask, audit, answer, action. Basically, you have to know who you're talking to first before you can create any marketing that's going to do what you want it to do. Then you have to know what their top concerns are. What are they asking? What are their struggles? What are their obstacles? But specific to the different audience members you're speaking to. Then you have to do an audit. How easy it's for people to uh, find information related to those top struggles. Go through your own marketing. Is it easy? Is it hard? Uh, is it easy to get in touch with you? That kind of thing. We have a lot of questions for you to ask in your audit. And then answer. You're going to create the content, create the, the marketing, create uh, and plan out the strategy for uh, what is missing, what people are looking for, what people are struggling with. And then your action is to put a plan in place so that it all gets done. Set aside a specific time uh, to do your marketing. Set aside, uh, figure out how often and when you're going to get your marketing created and when it's going to go out into the world. Uh, and so... Uh, by going through this process and by, by walking through it a little bit more in depth, uh, people know exactly what they're talking about, when they're talking about it, and how they're going to get it done for the next 12 months. And that is a good place to be in when you have a plan for 12 months. Because let me tell you something, as a mother of four children, things happen. And mm. what I love about having these year-long plans in place, my year usually starts in June. So I, I start in June and I move th through the year that way. Um, everybody can start. Some people start in January. You can always tell when people start what their year is by when they start doing the massive marketing. But having that year plan in place really frees you up to do what you do best instead of sitting there trying to 
market whatever your product or service is. Uh, for a lot of the authors out there and business owners, it's like, look, I'm an author. I'm not a marketing person is what some people mm -hmm. say, or I'm a coach or I'm an X or I'm a Y. So wonderful. Thank you so much for walking us through all this. So, uh, hey, somebody wants to get a hold of you. What's the easiest way for people to reach out to you? Absolutely. So uh, reach out to me via email, contact at theaudienceconverter.com. Uh, and, you know, put in the subject line that you heard me on Janine's podcast. Uh, and uh, if, if people are interested, you can always go to theaudienceconverter.com. Uh, that's my website. It's also where you're going to hear the podcast. Uh, there's a whole tab for the podcast, uh, you know, uh, just reached 100 episodes as a milestone. So we're pretty excited about that. And if Congratulations. You've got That's always exciting. You. When you hit that 100th episode, it's like, take a breath. Just I know. take a breath and go, we got 100 episodes in. <laughs> I can't believe it, honestly. I was like, wait a minute, what? Is that the real number? Like, I looked at it as the pub, you know, I'm preparing all the marketing stuff for this week's episode. I was like, wait a minute, a hundred episodes. Really? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, listen to the podcast, reach out, contact at the audience .com. If your people are interested uh, in a welcome series and writing one, I have a gift. If that works for you. It does. Fantastic. Awesome. So the audience .com slash giveaway. It is a guide on the, uh, how to craft the perfect welcome series, top seven tips to get more opens, clicks, and engagements from email number one. Um, and that's a, it's just uh, some quick tips on how to get started with the writing process, what to put into it, uh, where to start, what not to worry about, that kind of thing. Because uh, I, I agree with you, right? Too many people make uh, marketing complicated. They make it stressful. They make it way, way, way more complex than it needs to be. Uh, so start with the basics. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Kimberly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Janine, for the invitation. It's been great chatting with you, as always. And this is Janine Bullen with The Thriving Solopreneur. Be sure to listen to us every Friday. That's when we broadcast. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Thriving Solopreneur Show. We hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting. Be sure to visit us at JanineBolin.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a library of videos, books, and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself. We also ask that you visit our sponsor, The8Gates.com, for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day, and see you next time.